Hey Zedheads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. This is The Walking Dead Cast, episode 285. We have some really special guests with us today. Please help me welcome Mark and Abby of Isimo. Welcome, you guys. Hi, hey. Jason. Hey, Jason. Where are you Hi, right Zedheads. now? We're in England, up north. Up north. Yorkshire. Yeah. Winterfell. Yeah, we're in Winterfell. <laughs> Mark and Abby have been listeners for a while, and uh, I met them twice because they came to both Walker Stalker London's that we've had so far and performed their singers, and they're just brilliant and beautiful to listen to. So thank you guys Thanks, for Jason. doing that. <laughs> and last week, you guys heard I played their rendition of Easy Street, which I thought was um, not at all torturous. <laughs> it was for us. Yeah, <laughs> we had to listen to that fun. song more times than I would ever want to. It was quite fun actually, because I started playing the uh, cornet, which is like a small trumpet, in April, and I got to play on that track. You just learned first... it. Yeah, like yeah, I'm not I'm not brilliant, but mm. I'm playing on that track. So that's me, my debut as a, a depth musician. <laughs> I suppose once you're just steeped in music for a long time, it's easier to pick up a new instrument. Yeah, it is. that's true. The more you know, the more you've learned, the easier it is to learn more music. Mm-hmm. Well, I just think you guys are so good and also you're really nice So and, and just fun to be around. So um, that's like a winning combination so i was happy to have you guys come on and i know you have a new album coming out right or is it already out yeah yeah it's not out yet it's probably gonna be out around march april next year yeah it's a long process but it's called the adventures of isimo and it's um it's exciting yeah we're we're, um we're doing a pre-order on Pledge Music, so if, if anyone wants to pre-order the album, Ooh, yeah. uh, they can get like signed CDs and and other sorts of exclusives that you can't get elsewhere. Yeah, it's there's like loads of rewards on there, so you can pledge, but you can just pre-order the album. It's about eight quid, which I'm not sure how many dollars that would be. I maybe ten dollars or something. Yeah, I'm gonna I guess ten dollars and seventy eight cents, but I have no idea. Yeah, and it's an album. It'll have like eleven new tracks on it. Um, it's kind of pop, but with world music uh, vibes. And we have a Walking Dead inspired track we called do. Bitten. What's we it do. called? Bitten. Bitten. So we're gonna play that during the interlude on this podcast, right? 
Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yes, please. So you will hear that once we get finished talking about season eight, episode two. So why don't we get into that? And I'll I'll put a link to to your um, pre-order page in the show notes. So if you guys hear that song and you want to immediately go pre-order it, just look in the show notes and you'll be able to figure out how to do that. But thanks, for, Jason. For, uh, absolutely. <laughs> for now, let's get into it. Yeah. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 3 in 5, 4, 3, 2. <laughs> that's Melissa's, that's one of my favorite zombie sounds. <laughs> so it's this week, it's our Deadcast Top 3 because we have three people and it's our top three highlights for season eight, episode two called The Damned. So, what did you guys think of this episode in general? Uh, in first watch, I kind of enjoyed it, but I found it a bit confusing. Heck yeah, sec- me too. Second time through, it, it made a bit more sense, and I enjoyed it a bit more for that. I'm glad to hear that, because you're going to have to explain it to us. <laughs> I'm, I'm frightened of that. <laughs> what about you, Abby? Yeah, likewise. The first watching of it, I was like, what the heck? Um, then we just watched it again today and I was like, oh, actually, yeah, when you watch it the second time around, some things make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is still a little bit confusing. Yeah, still a bit I agree. Confusing, yeah. Really. I, and, you know, I realized that when I'm watching movies and things, um, half the time I really don't know what the hell is going on. And I don't even realize it because if I'm not podcasting on it, then I'm not trying to i'm not feeling like oh i've got to uh, help other people make sense of this so yeah if you ask me what happened in a movie i'll like go you know what i really don't know and that <laughs> that's a <laughs> you lot do of, miss so much yeah yeah if you and, only watch it once and, and you're not analyzing exactly and so watching this I, it was kind of interesting two weeks in a row i'm in huge crowds because i went to the premiere in la last week and then this week I was at Walker Stalker Atlanta and there's hundreds of people both times I'm sitting there watching it like it's a movie and that's an awesome way to experience it especially when they're really exciting like this because for one thing it's hundreds of Walking Dead fans and so they're very respectfully quiet and they all listen even though there's so many people but then when something exciting happens or funny you know they'll they'll cheer or they'll laugh and it just makes it more uh, enjoyable the community it is enjoying it together so i was really into it and enjoying it and also not knowing what the heck was going on i mean you know kind of knowing but not the details of it then uh, i watched it a second time and and picked up a little more but i i really loved the episode i thought it was really intense and and thrilling and also horrible in the best way that walking dead can be where you feel kind of twisted and torn apart by things that happen um, so even though I still, I agree with you guys, I still feel like it's probably too confusing. Um, I still thought it was an amazing episode. So let's get into our top three. Who wants to go first? Ladies first. Mark, you go first. Oh, okay. Mark. Uh, yeah, you can go. Oh. <laughs> he has got a ponytail. <laughs> so I have to bounce it out of the beard. <laughs> go ahead, Mark. Um, okay, so my, my top, uh, my number three was uh, Rick finding that baby uh, uh, just after he'd killed I, I, I didn't actually get this the first time around but I take it that he Rick just realized he'd killed that baby's father I think so yeah um, I, I didn't know whether the baby was alive first time around or not but um, so I, I, I take it that's 
probably um, a device put in to make Rick kind of change his ways and, and lose his hard on a little bit for just killing a lot of saviors and realize that he's killing people and yeah yeah except i think the crux of that moment was him i mean yeah he looked at his mirror and and it was sort of like what kind of a man am i but then i think he left the room without the baby that's true yeah Yeah. then i thought well maybe the baby was dead i don't think so i think he just left it that's awful that's worse than i don't like rick anymore i suppose he could have Gone back for it once he tried yeah, to. Yeah, he might go back. Because it's really hard to be stealthy when you've got a strange baby in your arms. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have a lot of experience with that, but I think you're probably right. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's see, okay. So, I mean, gosh, I probably should go back and watch it a third time. But my take on that scene was that he he felt bad that he just killed, or, you know, uh, he felt something that he just killed this baby's dad. And then he decided to leave the baby that's what i thought happened which is um pretty dark yeah yeah i think that the this is one of the the problems i had with the episode is that it's not entirely clear what's going on at all times so i can't tell whether he meant to leave the baby and never come back for it or he was just leaving it because it would be awkward to carry it around while he's looking for these guns and sneaking around right yeah, yeah, we really, I guess you're right. There's no dialogue and you can't hear his thoughts, so we really don't know. All right, Abby, number three. Uh, mine was Morgan. Um, I've just put Morgan and then I've got a list of things that Morgan did. Mm-hmm. Morgan's amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, and uh, he he's going through something. I don't know if he's just going to snap and just start killing everyone <laughs> or if he's going to... Well, Just, he did. No, I mean, like, even even on the Alexandrians. Yeah, yeah I, d- I don't know if he's just going to go crazy again. It's, it's always a little bit like that with Morgan because of the way that he was when Rick found him. Mm-hmm. Um, I always feel like he could just snap at any time before he met the cheesemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I, I'm always on edge with Morgan. One part that I liked was when he was shaking the fence and all the... It was like a zombie moat around the satellite station, about around that lookout post. He was shaking the fence and all the zombies came in and it reminded me of the prison. Mm-hmm. Um, all the zombies like trying to get through the fence. And he was just staring into into one of the zombies' face. Um, and I, it just reminded me of his wife and his son and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, that, that that always haunts him. So that's what zombies bring up for him. Yeah, and and they also said. I mean, I, I was a bit confused when he said, "I don't die," mm-hmm. and and I wondered if like he was being cocky by saying that, or if that's like his punishment. <laughs> he yeah. he has to live through all of this. Well, I did a panel at Walker Stalker Atlanta this weekend with Lenny James and also Kari Payton and Cooper Andrews were on the panel, and he talked about that, and he said that it's his curse. Yeah, that's oh, what I, I felt like it was his curse. Mm-hmm. That and makes more sense. Yeah, that makes more sense. And he, I can't remember the exact words he used, but he said something like, "Morgan has this, you know, well, this curse or this bad feeling, and he's going to keep moving forward and killing everything in his path until that feeling goes away." So that's where mm. his character is at right now. And I, I, I was <laughs> saying this week, I thought Morgan 
is kind of like when I, me, when I'm on a diet, it's like, I'm on this diet. <laughs> That's like him not killing. Right. And I'm just going to stick to it. And then if I mess up and cheat, then I'm just like, fuck it. And I eat whatever. He's yeah. like, okay, the barrier's broken now. I, I, life was precious last week, but now I'm just going to kill everything I can. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Now you saying that it was his curse or him saying it was, it's his curse. Cause when he's laid down after he's been shot, when he wakes up, he's kind of got that look on his face like, yeah, of course I didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> of course I'm going to survive this. Um, and that, that was also really um, scary at first, thinking that, you know, if he's maybe shot and he can't get up, then he's next to two potential zombies. That, that was another thing that was really confusing. Did he did he get shot at all? Did he just play dead? Did he, did he mm-hmm. do that on I, I, I can't tell what happened there exactly. Me neither, but I felt like he was unconscious somehow. Yeah. You know, I don't think he was <laughs> I think, Did he have a, He had a bulletproof vest on. Yeah. Maybe the impact of that yeah. winded him, Something knocked like him down. Uh, he, I mean, whatever the case, it, it seemed a lot like the Terminator, where yeah, the what. way he was moving and just he'd raise his arm quickly and kill something. And I think one time he like definitely, you know, push the clip out of his gun and it was just all very terminator like mark said that he said since when did morgan turn into terminator Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's badass yeah yeah it was um i mean like i said this episode worked on different levels and a lot of it you want to cheer for but also cry for (laughs) you know Yeah. yeah and everything Morgan's doing is really badass but it's also you just seeing this tortured soul going around and kind of callously killing everything in his path. Yeah. And he keeps flashing back to Rick in the church as well and Rick saying, you've got to kill them or they're going to kill us. Right. And it's like every single person that he kills, he just loses a little bit of himself. Yeah. I know, man. He's he's sad. Yeah. He's a very sad character. He lost his wife and then his zombie wife killed his son. Yeah. Why do we watch this? <laughs> I just said to Mark, "What if if Jason asks you what your favorite episode of all time is? How can we answer that? Because we can't be like, oh, I really like the time that Laurie died. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That sad thing happened. Yeah. Don't know how I can answer, but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I I mean, it's dark, and I like dark TV shows, and it, they um, make you feel, even if it's not. A happy feeling it's not real so yeah it sort of opens you up this show does feel real until they do those cheesy moments where someone's doing a speech and then they put like music underneath um <laughs> and I, I hate that <laughs> there's no music when you do your speeches in real life yeah yeah and you know what i love ezekiel and uh Kari payton and uh but his speeches in this uh and i even liked it on one level but i also felt like you know he said something like i oh here it is i have it i'm king because i provided a light to lead my people forward in the darkness and they have made my visions reality so with all this and everything that's happened um etc etc but it's like he's kind of explicating his own self and i just feel like people don't go around saying this is what i'm all about and i will broadcast it Mm. to the world now you know it just took me out of it a little bit but i also appreciated that 
I think they're, I'm kind of jumping to something else here, but they're exploring the relationship between Ezekiel and Carol. And she seems really intrigued that he's able to be optimistic in the face and, and confident in the face of all this, or at least fake it till you make it baby. As he said, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think yeah. she's going to fall for him. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Oh, that, that's what yeah. I think is going on. Maybe that's what all those close-ups on her face were. Cause I originally <laughs> yeah. thought all those close-ups on her face were, Carol thinking he's a nutter as well because I'm like, is this yeah. guy for real? Yeah. And then then it's close up to Carol and she's like, oh yeah, she thinks he's a nutter did, too. Did we see Carol's former love interest get shot in the arm? Yes. Oh, he in did. Tobin. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if I saw him get properly shot in the chest as well. Yeah. Oh shit. I I really? Saw that. Is he on I the list? Know. I don't know if he's on the list. So I don't know if you guys know, but we're doing this who dies first contest. And people have guessed who's going to die first. And, and um, I had a list of people, so you had to pick from the list. And uh, I don't know if we know for sure um, oh. if anybody on that list died. But let me go Let me go to my number three. So yeah. my, it's a little broader. So if I touch on any of your points, feel free to jump in. But it's just the intensity and the, and the action of this episode. <clears throat> I feel like this is the most intense and deadly fighting we've ever seen on the show. It kind of reminded me of when the governor mowed down all his people in season four. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Which is horrible. And so, but this whole episode is like that. There's lots of semi-automatic gunfire and um, fighting, just so much fighting. And, and Jerry with his ax. Yes. They had been talking about that on the panel too. You're going to see something with Jerry tonight. And or as soon as he did that kind of rounded strike, I knew that's what they were talking about. Oh, I love Jerry. Yeah, I know. His Everybody axe. loves him. And, <laughs> and they said uh, he's got that big axe. And Kari uh, Payton said Cooper Andrews flings it around like it's just a little toothpick. But then when the other staff members <laughs> try to pick it up, it's like Thor's hammer or something. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, oh, and then good. I love the part where um, the zombies came back to life and and ate that one bitchy savior girl mara oh yeah yeah she got just enough time to explain what was going on before the zombie ate. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> not, not, not enough time to protect herself to get out of the way to run just away. enough time to explain the plan to the audience so that we knew <laughs> i know i guess it was i was silly. thinking yeah because i was thinking like she's a leader of one of negan's groups and she can't even defend herself against a walker. Like how how the hell has she become a leader? That's the problem with this show is that walkers are slow and dumb. And so any uh, I would say a good 75% of the time when someone gets bitten, it just seems like they're stupid. Mm. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's so hard to make them a credible threat. Yeah. Unless there's That's a one bird or something. One thing about this episode, I just thought there was, they felt like there was no threat from mm -hmm. zombies mm -hmm. to our group. Because um, even when King Ezekiel and Carol, Carol's group were smoke bombed and then the zombies started coming out, even though the visual effects looked awesome, um, I always felt like, yeah, they're probably not going to do anything. Yeah. Zombies will just get. Yeah, I killed. think it, that's the only thing I can remember that happened. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a symptom of the overall, uh, just kind of slight carelessness with the writing that 
they'll make something more lethal or less lethal depending on what they want to happen in the scene rather than yeah. taking the time to work out a logical reason for something to happen. It is, but I also just think, I mean, I don't, who knows, maybe a different set of writers would um, be different, but I just think it's really hard. It's hard to come up with a scenario where less than a herd of walkers is going to be a credible threat, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't well, know it, how I would do it. <laughs> it's kind of like in last week's episode there when they all opened fire on Negan and he just ran out of the way. Yeah. And he was yeah, fine. Yeah. Oh, my God. The amount of times <laughs> I shouted, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, <laughs> to shoot him. I know. And I heard that a lot at the con this weekend, too. It's yeah. like It's unfortunate because I really thought that was a good episode, but that moment stood out so much that it, it tainted it for a lot of people. It, it if, did, but that episode had more of an impact on my nerves because I didn't sleep that night, did I? No, I didn't. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, not, it was just, I think it was just the adrenaline of that moment, just like, shoot him, shoot him, why are you shooting him? And, you know, everything <laughs> that was going on. That yeah. I, We watched it just before I went to bed, and then all night I was, my, I was just breathing like... <sighs> Mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about the show. I think it just kind of sent me got over you the going. edge. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, I think you know. I mean, the drama of this show comes before the logic. So yeah, that's really what the the writers are interested in: the themes and emotions and stuff like that. And the the logical mm-hmm. um, part of it is is secondary. And they do work hard on it, but it's not mm. the priority. Yeah. You can tell. But but having said that, what Rick really should have done is said, okay, here's the plan. I'm going to present this opportunity for people's surrender. They probably won't accept, so I'm going to pretend to do this countdown. But as soon as I say uh, nine, I want the three of you other guys that already have your guns trained on Negan to just start firing. You know, yeah. So it, it, he wouldn't even have to move and and alert Negan that he was about to shoot. He could just have any of his yeah. other guys that were there kill him. Yeah. yeah, or at least take his kneecaps out. Yeah, but then you least. know, yeah, I guess that would be better because I was going to say if if Negan died, then then uh, what would the rest of the season be? But if you took his kneecaps <laughs> out, that might still be interesting. Yeah, just take all the kneecaps that, out. That, I think that's it. If if they just killed Negan that easy, that would be the end of the season. Yeah, so they can't really do that. <laughs> but then don't have. A, a scenario where he just walks out into the open in front of all his enemies with her guns trained on him. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, just a couple other really exciting moments. There were or, or kind of badass moments. Like when the two guys were guarding the door and all of a sudden you hear thunk thunk and there's blood stains. I on love the window. that. They drop yeah. and then Daryl and Rick enter. That was badass. badass. That was good. An iconic image. Yeah. Very good image. <laughs> And then yeah. the fight with Rick and the and the guy where they're struggling and Rick's or the other guy got a few good punches in, so it was pretty intense. Yeah, and that was a good fight scene, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Then Rick fought back and impales him on that conveniently placed whatever. The it inner was. psychopath in me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I quite I know. enjoyed that um, him sleeping him. What is it called when you Ch- choking him punches. out? Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, choke him out, choke him out. And then I, he put him on that spike, which I just thought was a little bit superfluous, but. <laughs> and why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, really this whole episode's like that for me. The There's the sensitive pacifist side being horrified and the like bloodthirsty action hound just going, yeah. 
<laughs> so wait, when you say chucking him out, is that I think that's a British thing. I'm chucking him. It means to throw him. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What onto that spike? Yeah, he threw him. He chucked oh, him. Yeah. He Ch- lobbed him. Lobbed him onto that spike. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the Shiva gnawing on the guy. That's my top one. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> well, what did you think about that? I I loved it more CGI tiger. Mm-hmm. Even <laughs> though you can sort of tell, you can tell it's CGI. It's still, I think, really well done and always. I don't mind. Scene. I I really uh-huh. prefer them to use a CGI tiger than a real one. If they started using a trained real one, I'd stop using, stop watching the show. Oh yeah, yeah. because it's it'd be so cruel. cruel. Yeah. yeah, so I'm. I like it. I, you know, it's comic book show, so mm-hmm. I mind the fact that I'm you can tell it's CGI. I'm more okay with that um, unrealistic bit of plot that a tiger gets someone than than the um, the clunky bits where like Negan can't get shot or. Yeah. I, I, I quite <laughs> yeah. enjoy the the fantasy bits, but not the not the other bits. Yeah, yeah we like the, what suits us. <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, you want to suspend your disbelief on stuff like that. Like even uh, last season, the the finale when somehow Shiva knew who to attack. Yeah, uh, it's like I'm oh, fine that's with okay because that. it was such a great moment. <laughs> I'm fine with that too. Yeah, I'm fine with walkers and magic tigers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Mark, what's your number two? My number two is the uh, the whole um, mercy thing that the the. Um, the what was the alliance called between the the, the Alexandrians and the and the what's the kingdom hilltop the, and the kingdom yeah, yeah. there's all those guys um, showing mercy on uh, the saviors and and not just completely descending into murdering everyone mm-hmm. uh, cold bloodedly I, I quite like that um, they're acknowledging the um, the difficulty of just going around killing everybody and that ties in with the the Rick finding the baby. Um, and it's kind of painting a, a picture where you're not seeing the enemy as just cannon fodder, but people that might not even want to fight with the Saviors, or they they might be in a similar situation where they they're forced to be part of Negan's group, mm-hmm. or they may be like Eugene, who we know as a full person who is basically a good guy but he just is too scared to do anything else so but but it's not black and white like he's being forced he chose it you know yeah but he's still a friend (laughs) so it's complicated yeah i mean um not everybody though i mean tara and morgan they just wanted to kill everyone yeah so it was basically jesus I think the most frightened people are the ones that are most likely to just want to kill indiscriminately. And the stronger people like say Jesus um, are able to have a bit more mercy because they're, they're a bit more confident in their, their abilities to defend themselves. I love because you for he... saying that because I feel the same way. <laughs> it's great. Oh, yeah. Th- yeah. yeah. It's, it's, um, it's definitely easier to show mercy if you've got enough strength to, to be safe and show mercy. Yeah. And also I think that's the only way it's actually, um, that kind of attitude leads to better outcomes as far as civilization, you know, because somebody who might, uh, be just a killer if, or, or, or if, if people start welcoming them in, or at least showing mercy, like you said, 
then things can turn around <clears throat> turn around for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas but, if it's just killing, then it's just everybody dies. Yeah. But, but that guy who they showed mercy on who peed his pants, um, I don't think they should have showed mercy on him because he was obviously a psychopath. He planned the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, he was a bit of a dickhead. He crushed Maggie's prenatal drugs. Dick move. I don't know why Jesus wanted to spare him. Mm-hmm. A psychopath. Well, here's the thing. Um, yeah, I mean, at first, maybe, right, because he was pretending to be scared and begging for mercy. But then you're saying once he showed his true colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, right. yeah, he planned it. He, yeah. like, lured them into a false sense of security and then was going to shoot Terra. And, and then Jesus, Jesus turned then his back him. on him at one point, And I was like, don't do that. You don't know for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, here's the... Uh, he spared him and it reminded me of Glenn who uh, after Nicholas tried to kill him, he, he saved Nicholas's life and spared him. And then Nicholas turned around and tried to do good, but then he um, still was kind of a fuck up, but still, I feel like Jesus is the new Glenn of the show. He's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who who will be a good person. Uh, I mean, I can, I can sort of understand, like I wouldn't have, judged him if he had killed him when he had his gun pointed at him but when he didn't yeah. I was I was kind of glad I don't know I just I want there to be at least one person on the show who will only kill when his life is being directly threatened mm-hmm. yeah I suppose I think they're all being directly threatened um I, I can't see how they can keep all those prisoners and without jeopardizing yeah. their own ability to Security. attack the saviors yeah yeah yeah, I, I mean, that's definitely a, a consideration for sure. They're not all going to fit in that prison in Alexandria. No, <laughs> that would be a human rights violation right there. Cram them all in there. We, I was just thinking if they did shoot them all when they would all surrendered, um, there'd be like loads and loads of bodies. Mm-hmm. And then it reminded me of we've been listening to a podcast called The History of England. Mm-hmm. And we've been listening about Anglo-Saxon invasions and things like that. And I was like, yeah, this kind of stuff's just been happening all the time, really, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even yeah, worse in history than now, maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot worse in history. But then it's kind of like watching the show. It makes you think, well, yeah, people will have been face to face and they would have had guns back in those days. It would have just been hacking each other to bits. Um, we're so yeah. lucky to be living in the time that we are in we the places are. that we are <laughs> we really are yeah we are <laughs> um so i just want a little bit more about this guy now one thing that that bothers me about the walking dead sometimes is it reminded me of this randall kid remember back in season two when they were deciding whether to kill randall oh yeah because he found the farm and they thought he was going to be uh with these bad guys and he would be a threat. And then when I asked um, one of the writers, they she said, yeah, he was one of the bad guys. And this show, it, it always or often teaches, tries, it feels like it's teaching us not to be compassionate. It's like, yeah. look, you helped this guy and he turned on you. And there could just as easily have been a guy like you guys were just saying that, was like don't shoot me i don't want to be with the saviors i felt forced and i was scared and that and being sincere 
you know, but of course, yeah. no, he's not sincere. He turns out to be a nasty, bad guy. And and I, I that's thrilling. Like there've been other cases. I don't know if you guys watch Lost, but um, no, I haven't seen I've that never one. watched oh, it. Then I won't spoil it, Sorry. but there's a character on there who acted like a nice guy for like four episodes before he found out <laughs> what, the real truth about him. And that's, that he was I, a nasty pasty. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that pretty thrilling, but um, sometimes I would like it if, the show would reinforce that it's you know killing isn't always the right thing to do <laughs> yeah it reminds me of that um the rucksack guy when rick and michonne were leaving when they found morgan in that place what was that episode called and they just drove past the rucksack guy the hitchhiker the oh backpacker. yeah and then i they mean they've, they've him, yeah. passed a lot you know probably passed lots of good people um, and just left them for dead. Mm-hmm. Bit like Father Gabriel with his church. He shut his doors and and left all of his congregation outside to get eaten by zombies. And then, what's his face? Did it to him last week. Oh yeah. Who's the guy from? The, uh, 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 Gabe. Um, no. What the fuck is his name? Great <laughs> Gregory. 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 Yeah, he did what Father Gabriel did to his congregation to him. That's true. And I think one of the reasons why Father Gabriel probably wanted to save him is because he's working off that guilt that he has. You yeah. Know, he doesn't want to leave anybody behind. And then it bit him in the ass. Karma. Yeah. Yeah. I think if that had have happened a few seasons ago, we'd have been like, yeah, take that, Father Gabriel. Right. But now we're like, oh, no, but he's come a long way as well. Mm-hmm. So I suppose he's he's t- changed his, um, his ways and he's become a good person. Right. Uh, if and killing people for other people is a good thing to do. <laughs> like Eastman was saying, or, and I think Morgan said it for a while, every life has potential or something like that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So that's a great I point. I still yeah. think they should have killed that guy there. <laughs> <laughs> that he, he was obviously guy. just relishing being an asshole. Yeah. He should have died. Yeah. I mean, you've got a couple of minutes to make a decision that could either jeopardize your whole group or... It's not really something where they could have just put him on trial and really found out what he was about. Mm-hmm. You've got to make a decision in that split second. And I personally was with Tara. Also, she's really she was really good at lying to Oceanside. I think that's why she could call bullshit on him straight away. She's kind of been there and done that with the Oceanside group. She was the liar. Mm-hmm. Um, leading them down the garden path. I was just thinking, okay, are they going to show this guy and is there going to be a whole thing with him? And then I'm like, well, they did that with the wolf. Yeah. And it's, it's a like, bit, it's, this show repeats itself so much. Yeah. <laughs> Having the same conversations. Ooh, I'm confused about something. Hmm. Right. Do you know when Morgan comes out and there's like bright lights and he sees everybody's surrendered and uh-huh. uh, there's a guy who's at first in the shot, he's got a gun. And then... Jared. I think who's the, he? the long hair, skinny guy. Yeah. yeah. Who's yeah. he and where's he come from? He's the bastard from the saviors who killed uh, Benjamin. He used to, whenever they'd meet up with the hill uh, kingdom people, he would just give everybody shit. And Oh, that's who he is. Just be a dickhead basically. Yeah. He had a gun and then he didn't have a gun, which I thought might be a continuity problem at first, but then I thought he might've just dropped it. Or maybe it was um, Morgan seeing things. He was in a weird yeah. state of mind. Yeah. Well, at first I thought he was seeing the wolf. And then and then he said, oh, I know you. You got transferred too. And then I didn't know what, like, what he I was on no about. I have no idea what that meant. Yeah. 
It's weird. Yeah, that is weird because that guy's name is Jared. <clears throat> when Jared knew Morgan, it was as a member of the the kingdom mm-hmm. when they'd make those uh, exchanges. And uh, I th- I'm pretty sure Jared knew that the kingdom is now at war with the savior. So I didn't really get that comment either. Oh, maybe it means you transferred from the kingdom to Alexandria. Yeah. Because was Morgan with the Alexandrians? No. Oh. <laughs> oh no, he wasn't. He was with the kingdom. Yeah, so I don't, I don't understand. Listeners, tell us, tell us. What it's one of doing. many yeah. question marks. There's going to be somebody them. like beating the computer at the minute, going, "Yeah, Mark and Abby, Jason, it's this." Yeah, <laughs> tell us. Tell us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm curious, so I, I can take an insult as long as there's an answer along with it. <laughs> it's time to talk about our first sponsor this week, and that's Mac Weldon. So Mac Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand essentials means like t-shirts and sweats and underwear and stuff like that and they believe in smart design and premium fabrics and the reason why i'm doing this ad is because i have this shirt that i love and uh recently i started doing this ketogenic diet and i actually lost like 25 pounds in the last few months and i could start wearing the shirt again that meant and I realized, oh, I really want more shirts like this. And I looked at the, I forgot where I got it, but I looked at the tag and it was Mac Weldon. So I'm like, hey, Mac Weldon, let me do another ad for you. And they said, okay. I wanted to mention that just to let you know that I have this closet filled with t-shirts and clothes that I rarely wear a lot of them. But this one really stood out to me because it's really comfortable and it looks good and I get I get compliments on it when I wear it. So that's a testament to Mac Weldon. So they have a simple lineup of products. It's about comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants. And they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they'll still refund you. No questions asked, which is really nice. Uh, not only do their underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. They're good for working out, going to work, going out on dates. I mean, I wear this shirt that I'm talking about when I'm doing panels at Walker Stalker and I really, you know, try to wear stuff that looks good when I'm up in front of an audience like that. They have this line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. I haven't tried that yet, but it sounds interesting. And they believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. So those are all things that I appreciate. Quality, simplicity, and I think you'll appreciate it too. So if you want to try them out, go to MacWeldon.com. You can get 20% off using the promo code DEADCAST. That's a really great discount, 20%. That's that's a good one. So go to, it's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. And use promo code DEADCAST to get 20% off. Thanks, Mac Weldon. So, um, uh, Abby, what's your number two? Uh, my number two was Rick. Um, we went from seeing that guy next to Morgan shaking with his gun. His hand, just before that Morgan got shot and the other two guys got shot, we went from the guy who was next to Morgan, he was shaking like a nervous wreck just before they opened the door, to a shot of Rick just looking like a cool calm collected psychopath killer with his with his gun in one hand and his note in the other um and he he kind of looked like he was a a professional called a seasoned cold killer um and then all that stuff with the uh morales yeah Uh, after he'd seen the baby and he looked in the mirror and all of that 
Um, and then he, he's kind of remembering the, the good cop that he used to be, probably, um, when he sees Morales. Morales? Morales? Mm-hmm. Uh, from the, was it season one? I don't mm-hmm. remember. Yes. You don't remember? The se- don't. See, Morales was a, a guy who he had his family in the car and he just chose to drive off and leave Rick's group right from the start. Yeah, he was part of the camp before Rick ever found Lori and uh, Carl. He was part of Shane's camp. And he um, met, he was in some of the scenes in season one. Um, he might have been with them when um, Glenn first found Rick and they had to do the zombie guts and all that. can't remember. I think yeah. he was. I think he was up on the roof and stuff like that. And then at one point he decided him and his family were going to go f- try to find their relatives or something. And we've never seen him again. And there's always been speculation about Morales. Will he ever turn up or maybe he'll yeah. be part of this crossover with fear the walking dead. Yeah. Well, I always thought he might turn. I up. want to know who was in that photograph that Rick was looking at. Morales and his family, I think. Okay. Oh, that would make sense. And then he looks at the photo and he's kind of like old Rick is coming back. In, well, that's what my opinion was that mm-hmm. the Rick from season one, who was just wanted to do the right thing all the time, um, before he got killy <laughs> yeah. with, Sh- with Shane, um, when it was good Rick, he kind of came back because he saw that familiar face from when he was a different person and it kind of softened him. But Morales wasn't having any of it. And then I didn't know if that look in his eyes was like, Ah, oh, he's rung the saviors now. We're for it because a lot of the saviors are are already dead. Um, if it was a look of worry or a look of God, I'm gonna have to kill this guy, and he's probably a decent guy, but I'm probably just gonna have to bite his throat out or yeah. something. <laughs> As Rick does, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean it, that totally fits. Uh, see, w- when Morales um, left, and and people kept thinking he would come back i always felt like no i don't want him to come back because it's cool to have at least one situation where somebody just leaves because that's more real life Uh, people leave sometimes and you never see them again and it would be kind of dumb for him to just show up but then when he showed up in this episode it was in such an interesting way because he's on the enemy's side and it totally fits in with this theme that we've been talking about about like this episode started off with the nastiest saviors, that Mara girl just being, and you're like, yeah, kill them all. And then, and and then, um, there's, it gets more complicated as it goes along with Jesus wanting to, you know, if they have their hands up, we don't, we don't kill them. They're, they're surrendering. And then it gets even more complicated with the baby. And then this last scene, it's a former friend. So, it slowly went yeah. from just kill, kill, kill to, oh, there it, maybe there's some human beings on the other side. And I thought that was a really interesting way to bring Morales back if they were going to bring him back. Yeah. yeah, um, And there's still Heath missing, so maybe he'll <laughs> yeah. never come back. Yeah, who knows? It depends on how successful that guy's Corey Hawkins career is. But <laughs> I think, I bet you Morales' family's dead. Yeah. I bet you they're all dead. And, they uh, might not be though. Maybe Rick killed them. <gasps> Rick killed them. <laughs> oh, maybe. Sorry, oh I should have that. But <laughs> oh, I mean, he, yeah, he seems pretty anti-Rick. He does. He was a bit anti-Rick from the season one. The way that he just left the group, he was like, "Yeah, I don't really want to be a part of this group anymore." <laughs> I'm off. Really, I don't remember if that was because he was turned off by Rick. 
was it? Mm. I think I, he I just think wanted he just... to go look for his relatives. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Because you're right. Rick was still an upright person back then. Yeah. But then some people did have the doubts about him, whether he'd have the ability to kill. Uh, well, they <laughs> how foolish they were. <laughs> but that's what Shane, Shane's whole thing was yeah. like. If Rick's leading this group, no one's going to be safe because he can't kill anyone. Uh, Shane right now, he'd be going, dude, you need to chill. <laughs> You're crazy. Uh, I miss Shane. Me too. Do miss Shane. Absolutely. All right. My number two is <clears throat> I just had this whole who dies first thing in mind because we have our contest. And I noticed uh, that they were showing a lot of secondary characters. They showed Tobin and Scott, who is. Um, He's played by Kenrick Green, who's Sonequa Martin-Green's husband. So I always kind of pay attention to him, uh, even though he's just been a secondary character. There's Eric, who's uh, Aaron's boyfriend, and Francine. And I'm like, one of those guys is going to get it. I know it. And and Francine did. I mean... They all did. You barely notice Francine, but she, if you pay attention, she's been a character in many episodes, and, and she died. And then Eric, yeah, he, I don't think we saw him get shot, but obviously he got shot in the gut and that was really yeah. sad. Um, we didn't see him die. No. I suppose there's a chance he might not die since he's dead. It seems I like hope he doesn't. if he was dead, if it, it, maybe, you know, they would have shown him die. I, I think they're going to, they're going to draw it out in the next episode. Milk it's going it to be one of them worth. where, yeah, where yeah. they're going to wait for him to turn into a walker before they have to stave his head because he's secondary enough that we can afford to lose him but he's also linked to Aaron so much that it's going to be painful to, yeah. to lose him and that's important yeah. as long as people suffer then you know it's good. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> he I thought it was uh, that guy Jordan Woods Robinson he's just a really really nice guy and I hate to see him lose a job, um, but it was cool to see him have some good action scenes in this episode. I thought he was really yeah. good. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. When we first met him, he was injured. He twisted his ankle, didn't he? Oh, yeah. In, in real life? No, in, in oh, the show. When, God, I don't even remember that. When, yeah. when uh, Aaron, Aaron yeah, he was worried found about him. them. Yeah, twisted his ankle. All right, number one, Mark. Uh, my number one is the plan. Now, I'm not entirely sure what the plan was, but I think it was a good one. <laughs> so can you, what, do you, what happened in your okay. so, estimation? Right. So I think this is what I've managed to piece together after the second time of watching it. They pull up and pin in a load of saviors in a compound. And they make the saviors think that they're being attacked and that the, 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 Alexandrians are going to try and take the compound but really they're just pinning them down so that their dead can turn into walkers and then eat them mm, so they had that, that planned now I think that Rick and Daryl have snuck in around the back but I can't quite tell where they are yeah where are they because there's gunfire you can hear gunfire in the background when they first enter the building which makes me think that they're in the same they're, they've just gone around the back of the same complex but then the gunfire is, isn't in the rest of the scene, so I'm really confused as to where them two are. Well, it's a nice building as well. 
check this out. Daniel Diaz is a listener. He didn't really like the episode, but he sent in his interpretation. He says, Morgan, Tara, and Jesus are retaking the compound that Rick's group originally took back when they thought it was the extent of Negan's army. Carol and King Ezekiel's group is on the trail of the guy who tossed the grenade at them last week. Mm -hmm. Aaron is leading an assault on another savior outpost, which apparently has no backdoor of of any kind. Keeping them pinned in is apparently part of the plan. That's what you just mentioned. And Rick and Daryl are trying to find the guns, the big guns, which are kept at, I don't know if he's kidding, but he said shepherd office plaza. So, so the way he puts it, it sounds like there's almost four different yeah, maybe then. Well, well. I, I, first of all, I, I was really confused as to why the saviors aren't just going out the back door. But then I realized that the saviors are defending that place. They're not trying to save their own lives. They're defending the, yeah. the weapons. Um, and that's why they didn't just escape. And they only realized when it was too late that the, the group were planning to move in on them. They were just trying to pin them down. Yeah, well, and that girl, Mara, she's 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 aggressive. She doesn't want to retreat. She wants to move forward and just kill all these guys. And they, that, that first scene where they're all just sort of casually preparing, but they don't seem that worried. And then all of a sudden Rick and his crew drive up in their armored cars and start mowing them down. I thought that was pretty powerful. It's like this massacre and this whole, I mean, it's called all out war this segment, at least in the comics. And it really is like a war. Yeah. I've I've got a note on the warfare. Those guys um, are, have been really well trained compared to how the Alexandrians were before. Do you remember when they didn't want to get trained by Rick and they didn't trust him? Now they're like professional troops, mm-hmm. holding the weapons up and patrolling and using signals. Yeah. Yeah, they've been getting ready. Yeah. Do you think that guy Dean really pissed his pants on purpose? Yeah, I think he did it on purpose. I think he was a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. At one point, yeah, I think you're right. He's 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 yeah, he's kind of all over the place. I I don't think that 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 character is meant to be any kind of complicated. He's just a psycho. Yeah, although we are just diagnosing everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. That's true. But that doesn't help him. <laughs> no, I know, that, that, I know. Um, so I I got that that Rick was in the same building because it doesn't make sense because they're obviously attacking a building to get a big gun that Negan is protecting or Negan was storing for a rainy day. Um, so why would they keep this gun in an empty building with about three saviors in it? It, it doesn't make any sense that to me. I feel you know what I watched this twice and I feel like I really should have gone back before this podcast watched it a third time just with an eye on the plot details. Also, Walker Stalker Atlanta people. It was it was a lot. I had a lot to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're well, saying? I'm sorry. Daryl. It looked like Daryl found his prison cell. Yeah, but Did wasn't he? wasn't that in the the sanctuary where yeah. Megan is? Was it a different prison cell? What? what the Maybe hell? it was a different prison cell that just reminded him of it because it's like, yep. oh, look, they keep prisoners here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It, that's just another thing that makes it greatly confusing. Mm-hmm. Although it does look a lot like his prison cell because there's like a little stain on the floor where he was sick. I remember him being sick. Yeah, and a sandwich that he didn't want to eat. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope someone does. 
someone might know. Yeah, work, work it out. Okay, um, I guess we're at number one, right? No. That, that was my number one. We're, that was your number one. Okay, Abby. The plan. Mine was Sheba. Sheba. More okay. tiger. We that talked tiger about that. Tiger. Yeah. Mine was, um, we've pretty much talked it through, just the moral dilemmas of, of this war and how it starts out more um, straightforward, but then it gets more complicated with all the talk about not killing people who are surrendering and friends on the other side and the thing with a baby, which I really do feel like Rick decided to leave that baby. And I hope that there's going to be some follow up one way or another on that, because I can see this season is a, a theme of it is about just uh, acknowledging that Rick has gone really far down this dark path and Carl yeah. doesn't like it, you know? So I'm yeah. glad they're addressing. I hope they continue on addressing that. Cause I want to see. And originally we thought it was going to be Carl. I know be the little, little psycho. psycho. Yeah. Kid. But he's, he's turns out quite good. I'm sure I'll go psycho again. But yeah. that, that, this time <laughs> everyone goes psycho and goes back in this show. Yeah, yeah. I know. And the show's going to be on for like 20 more years. So <laughs> cycle through it. <laughs> Okay, any other like extra notes or anything that you want to mention? Uh, on the first watching of those face close-ups at the start and at the end, oh. I was pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why are they doing this? This is stupid. But on the second time watching, I quite liked the face close-ups at the end, but I still think they went on too long. Yeah, it was... They were like two seconds each too long. It was, it was a bit tedious, I found. Cheesy, cheesy close-ups. <laughs> I yeah, I kind of liked it. They did something different, and um, it's just looking at their these. It's uh, I, you could charitably say, all right, this is how they're humanizing war by showing these very personal yeah. reactions to what's going on. Yeah, the ones at the end. I think they just probably went on a little bit too long per face. Mm -hmm. Although Tom Payne's eyes look—is he called Tom Payne? Jesus, yeah. he's got lovely eyes. He's got lovely eyes. Yeah, he's got it's intense eyes. Gorgeous. Just keep it on him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he can have all the seconds. He's uh, about as big yeah. as an elf in real life. It's really funny. <laughs> I think we saw him at Walker Stalker. I, I remember him being taller, but then maybe I—I'm just about as big as an elf. <laughs> <laughs> They're just small English people, and, and so <laughs> I, I thought that Andrew Lincoln was uh, was quite. He didn't seem big enough to be able to beat up as many people as he does on the show. Yeah, yeah he's quite small in real life. But yeah, he's he not as small as Tom Payne. <laughs> I, I didn't. Maybe he was wearing um, platforms or big something boots. when we saw. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, let me just have a quick look in my notes. Um, have you got anything? I don't think I've got anything else. I had a few. So I feel like Daryl, the crossbow is fine for hunting and maybe even for killing a zombie here and there. But in this war where everybody's got these semi-automatic weapons, yeah. it seemed pretty anemic to me. Like, I, I don't know if you guys saw this robot chicken special that just came out. It's a little like stop motion animation comedy parody of The Walking Dead. But the joke with Daryl <laughs> was he would shoot one and then he'd be like, okay, I need to reload. I'm out. And then he'd shoot another one. All right, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems yeah. I always feel, well, I always have hairbrained ideas as Mark likes to call them. And um, I, I always wonder why they don't have more snipers, like more, yeah. get, get some snipers in posts. That seems reasonable to me. 
yeah. But then my other hairbrained idea was. Um, By the way, I, that that's a good idea. I'd oh, say okay, yeah. You, yeah, you never called that one. I have it's ha- really it's bad ones. Maybe hairbrained to say it's a hairbrained idea. Ah, oh, full of hairbrained. <laughs> my head's just full of air. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was thinking, could Terra have shot that guy's hand when he was holding that gun up to Jesus? Like, just shoot his hand. Could could you do that? You could, but it's a bit risky. Yeah. If you just shoot his hand, would the bullet move quicker than him shooting Jesus? I don't well, know. Yeah, it would, but you, you, how do you know you're going to shoot his hand? How do you know you're not going to get okay. a bit of shrapnel in Jesus's beautiful eyes? Yeah, you might <laughs> shoot Jesus's eye out. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh, be a car. There's already one person on the show with one eye. Yeah. At least he would have still yeah, have one beautiful eye, though. Yeah. Left. Precious jewels. Keep, keep, keep the other one <laughs> in a jar. Maybe maybe wear it as a pendant. <laughs> Jeez. Like Daryl used to wear those zombie ears around his neck like as a trophy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. But prettier. Add Jesus's eye to it, the zombie ear necklace. <laughs> Be beautiful. <laughs> Stick it in one of the ear holes. Um, Mara called out to the other saviors on her communicator, and I thought they had funny names. Huck, Todd, Little Roy, and J-Top. <laughs> like a boy band or something. Hey, did you did you think that Daryl had the other walkie-talkie? Uh, maybe because somebody said, said why something and why yeah, maybe it was yeah I thought maybe it wasn't really the person she was trying to talk to. So yeah. th- those guys could be in the band Negan and the Saviors. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then let's see. I like the moat. You mentioned that, but. The two chain link fences in parallel with the Zeds in between. Yeah. That was nice. And then uh yeah, I guess that's that's all I had. Oh yeah, good. I think that's I think that's that's it. All right. Yeah. Yeah, quite an episode. Um uh, I'm we're gonna go into the little typical interlude that we do, but this time we're gonna play Bitten by Isimo. So enjoy Ooh. that and we'll be back. <laughs>
Isimo, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm actually recording this a little bit later, but um, it's time for our second sponsor, and that is Fracture. As most of you guys know, a fracture is your photos printed on glass in beautiful, vivid color. It's super easy to get. You just pick the photo that you want to have done, go to the website, upload it, pick the size, and then they send it to you. Uh, this product is great. You guys know I love it, but I also like the company a lot. There's great things about the company besides just the product itself. One of those is that they guarantee your happiness. So every order has this 60 day guarantee to make sure that you're completely satisfied. They really just want you to love the product and it's important to them. And they have a great support staff too, that will answer your questions. They get back to you quickly. If you have a problem, they're going to help you fix it. They're responsive and they're helpful. Um, their website is great, simple, easy to use. And also it has a little extra things like they have a blog that has photo tips and ideas and sometimes discounts and contests and fun things like that. When we do our zombie contest, they put it on there. They also have an art store. So if you don't want to pick one of your own photos, but you want something beautiful to put up on your wall to spruce up your place. They have all different kinds of art. They have classics like Van Gogh's Starry Night. They have a bunch of beautiful nature photography or cityscapes, the Eiffel Tower. They have geeky stuff like this really creepy Joker one that has all his makeup running down his face. Uh, they have a beautiful photo of the earth from space, all just different kinds of things. And all of those I'm sure would look great as fractures. And it's really fun to just go on there and, and look through them. Uh, our listeners are always happy with, with fractures. One listener, Nancy Ridgeway sent one of a play she's involved with. It's called the Laramie project and the photo for the play. It shows a bunch of arms with people holding onto each other's forearms, kind of interlocking and the words in the title of the play written on different arms. So it's, you know, very creative and, I mean, that's something that she, I'm sure, is proud to be a part of, and, and she wants to commemorate it. And this is a great way to commemorate something that you're proud of. I'm looking up right now at my Walking Dead cast podcast art, which I, I have fracturized. And thinking about this today, I just kind of figured out something. I don't have any tattoos in part because I'm worried I might not like it in 10 years, but fracture is kind of like a baby step in that direction towards a tattoo. Instead of putting it on your skin, you can memorialize it on glass and put it up on your wall. Um, if you have tattoos, I still recommend that you get fractures though. If you want to get one of these, go to fractureme.com slash podcast and choose the walking dead cast from the list of podcasts. It, you'll get 10% off if it's your first order and I know you guys are going to enjoy these. The holidays are coming up. Now would be a great time to get a jump on it. These make great gifts. Again, that's fractureme.com slash podcast. And thanks, as always, to Fracture. Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. Okay, just a few things in the news this week. The first, the season eight premiere had 15 million total viewers in live plus three day ratings. So that means the initial airing and then any streaming or whatever uh, after three days after, which is which is pretty good. Do you guys feel like um, it would be good for them to announce an end date, um, or just know, keep I going? I don't I, want it to ever end. I'd, I'd just keep watching it. <laughs> you 
think really? it gets yeah. rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should it should probably come to an end, but mm-hmm. I don't want it to. I want that's it to refreshing. Be I'm glad to hear you guys say that. I mean, I do. But, I I want them to announce like two more years or something, but I'm sure once the second year came around, I'd be like, god damn it. It has to come to a satisfying end. Yeah. Like something meaningful, I think. And I don't know if they've got enough time to do that in say two years. It would years. be nice for them to merge with Fear the Walking Dead. Are you guys watching that? No, no we, we, stopped. Have, we, we stopped. Only because we're so busy. We're really uh-huh. busy and we haven't got time. But I suppose what keeps my faith in this show is that the comics are well received and it's based on the comics. So I know that there's always um, source material that's tried and tested that they're going to. So with the Fear yeah. the Walking Dead doesn't have that. So if I lose interest for a bit then I never feel like it's going to come back to well, be interesting. It it did. And um, if you do ever get time, I think you guys would really like season three. It just totally came back around and, and is awesome now. I'd like so to get back into it. That's my recommendation. If you ever get, get a chance. Yeah. I mean, ev- yeah. Uh, like everybody who stuck around with it, that was still listening to our podcast was saying the same thing. Just so you know, that's okay. good. That's mm-hmm. good to hear. So next, uh, Walker Stalker Atlanta was uh, was a challenging one, but it was also awesome for a ton of reasons. I was just going to talk a little bit about what we did there. I, I did a fear panel with uh, three of the um, principals, Sam Underwood, who played Jake, Coleman Domingo, who plays Strand, and Kim Dickens, who played Madison. And me and Cindy did that. That was really fun. I did Ash vs. Evil Dead with my Ash podcast co-host, Chris Fairhurst. That was a blast. And then Kingdom with Kari Payton, Cooper Andrews, and Lenny James, which was really cool. The one thing about that panel is um, I was saying how Jerry and Morgan are kind of like opposites. Jerry's like a ray of sunshine and Morgan yeah. kind of has a black cloud over his head. And when I said <laughs> that, the audience kind of booed a little bit. And I was like, nope, nope, duh, I don't want to hear any of that because Lenny James is amazing and Morgan is one of my favorite characters. And then they all clapped. But you can't, it's hard on those panels to talk about like the darkness of it because they take it a little bit touchy about it. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, that's not an insult. It's great, you know? Yeah. But he's a great actor. Well, they're all so really good. good actors. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jerry's a little bit cheesy but i like it i love jerry it, it brings don't, like don't say bad things about jerry no i'm not saying bad <laughs> things i'm just saying no, like it's a bit yeah. cheesy but it's cheese it's a welcome cheese yeah so, <laughs> it's a lovely fromage <laughs> I mean, that that second episode where we got introduced to them was much needed after the glenn killing episode yeah yeah it was like comic comic relief and it really was a relief and then I did the the Rick and Michonne panel, and that was awesome. And someone asked them if they'd like Rick and Michonne to have a baby, and uh, Rick was like, "Yes, we need to repopulate this this earth. Let's get it on." <laughs> <laughs> it I didn't know how I felt about those two at first, but I like it now. Yeah, what changed? Just you just got used to it, or I think I just got used to it. Yeah, I was I still like sad him. about Laurie for a while. I think when Laurie died, I was really shocked and that just stayed with me for loads of seasons. I think that's still my most emotional moment of the whole show. I mean, she annoyed me a bit. Yes, of course. But she was coming around. Yeah, it was awful. But yeah, It was was just so, and you know how she cried and she was with Carl and and I think they were both emotional for real because they knew that she was leaving and they were friends. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. Why do we watch this? <laughs> and then uh, the best thing is that uh, we had our meetup, podcast meetup, and fun to meet and see some of the listeners that I've already known. And then at one point, um, Rima pulled me aside and goes, I want to show you a video. And she showed me this video that people in our Patreon group made. And it was just this kind of... Um, emotional music and them all these messages from them thanking me for putting that group together and they made these mm. uh t-shirts and and they gave me a t-shirt and a mug and they were all wearing the shirts and they just put this together in secret without telling me so over the nice last. i know <laughs> I, so I was nice. tearing up and then, and Rima was filming That's me lovely. i'm like you're filming me crying <laughs> so it was really nice so everybody that lovely did that just thank you so much that was that was really nice so sweet yeah it's really, really sweet nice um and I, i'll use that too to say that i i announced recently that people who wanted to try this group for free for november to let me know so i got a bunch of uh, requests for that and i'll just you should probably have your invite by the time you get you hear this podcast but if you don't just let me know and i'll invite you to it cool uh next so you guys won't know what i'm talking about because you didn't watch lost but for the listeners uh harold perono who played michael on lost according to comic book got comicbook.com was considered for the part of king ezekiel his schedule prevented him from considering it so they really didn't go very far with that but um he was considered and that's really interesting. I mean, I think Kari Payton is the best, and I wouldn't want to see anybody else in that row, but role. But he's Harold amazing. Perno, uh, would have been a really interesting portrayal of that too. <clears throat> Last, uh, well, there's a couple things. Caitlin Nacon, who plays Enid, told this website Screen Rant that she wants to play a live action version of the Teen Titan Raven. Do you guys know who that is? Teen no, Titans? I'm not. No, I'm not no. familiar. It's uh, okay. Well, it's just like this teen superhero team and there's a TV show coming up that has someone else playing it. But I think she means in the movies. I just thought some listeners might thought that was interesting. And then last uh, AMC's preacher has been renewed for season three, which I'm really happy about because that is another kick-ass show that I'm guessing you guys don't watch because you're so busy, but I think you'd love it. (laughs) We don't, we don't get to see much TV. We have to like make a bit of time and then catch up. Well, We'll I, check it out. The, what oh, did you say? It's the preacher. Yeah, but I think you guys are um, doing much more interesting stuff than watching TV. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it for the news. Let's move on to listener moans, groans, and grunts. Uh, <laughs> love that. So, John Benz says, "God damn, that was a good episode. Artsy shots, moral dilemmas." Classic Rick being sweaty and staring into the camera. Great one-liners. Favourite line was when King asked, What befell this creature? Looks to Jerry. He smiles. I mean before you. (laughs) (laughs) I was really good acting that much. Thank you. you. I'm I'm auditioning for the part. (laughs) Um, And when Carver... Holtzhausen. Glad I didn't get that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do apologise if I've pronounced that wrong. Um, but liked it. 
way better than last week's episode. Eric getting shot was predictable, but the baby wasn't. Ugh, my heart broke a little bit. Morgan was so badass, felt like a video game in a good way. But somebody please tell me, if Jesus can keep his hair so silky smooth in the zombie apocalypse, then why can't Daryl? <laughs> and Beth Hoyle says, haha, I think Daryl is too badass for deep conditioning. Well, obviously, conditioner is in short supply, and Jesus is hoarding it all. He's hoarding yeah. it, yeah. I, so I think, I think, search his closet. I think Daryl uh, dyes his hair, though. Yeah, Daryl, Daryl keeps all the hair dye. Um, Jesus, Jesus keeps the conditioner. Keeps all the conditioner. Why do you say he dyes his hair? Because I'm pretty sure it used to be ginger, blonde, and then ginger, and then it went really brown, and then black for a bit. Oh, uh, so he just tries different looks. Yeah. yeah, it did used to be really well styled, didn't it? It used to look like the hairstylist had just styled him. I don't know. Yeah. There used to be a whole thing about Daryl's hair being They're still beautiful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just changed. The thing changed. <laughs> Go on, Mark. Okay, so Becky Price says, Can King Ezekiel please come and live in my pocket and talk to me through all life situations? Fake it till you make it. Although... We all know Carol's not going to have to fake anything when her and the king finally hook up. <laughs> Ooh, <brrr>. <laughs> Sue yeah. Ellen Smith. I do oh, think that's where they're going with that. I, and, yeah. Uh, what if they do? Is that is that cool? Uh, well, uh, her other boyfriend's just been shot, so yes, she they, needs a new one. Yeah, you need a new one, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Sue Ellen Smith, not that great or tense for me. They just had a lot of fun fighting and killing. Gracie Lou says, I felt the same way. Hard to feel the intensity when you know Rick and Daryl are invincible, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Plot armor. Um, so A.D. Stout says, I felt this whole episode was so confusing. Who's doing what to whom? Who are all these people? Are they all at the same building or in different areas? Baby, who's? Sherry's, <laughs> Megan and Father Gabriel are exactly where during all of this. Sorry, guys. I just can't wrap my head around all of this. Yeah, you're not alone. <laughs> you have to watch it four times. Yes. Yeah. And probably watch all of the other episodes before it a few times as well. Yeah. Um, Rick Montalvan. Montalvan. Loved it. I know everyone will be talking about the major plot points, but I gotta show some love to Aaron. He really showed how far his character has come. Badass. Yeah, I enjoyed watching him in the in the battle scenes, just barking out orders yeah. and stuff. Yeah, he was he was good. Yeah, and Ross Marquand's a really cool dude too. Yeah. Kristen House says, and Eric, he has someone who was uh, he was someone who was very weak when you met him, and he showed some real resolve and courage this week. I was impressed. Yeah, me too. That that's what happens when characters are just about to get killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get oh, don't die. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, so I'm on to uh, Brad Holt. Action packed. Love seeing Rick and Daryl working together again. Was totally surprised by the Morales twist, featuring that King E is getting a bit overconfident. Sorry, fearing that King E is getting a bit overconfident. 
Didn't expect Jesus to be so unwilling to take out saviours. I can now make a pretty good guess as to why we saw him and Morgan fighting in the Comic-Con trailer. Ooh. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Gemma Hall says, No, 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 I can't deal with little babies in danger. Someone has to pick that baby up, surely. They can't just leave her there. Poor little Gracie. I feel the same way. I, I, I'm i serious. If Rick left that baby and nothing's it, done about it, then it changes my feelings about Rick. He might have intended to go back though because if he was, if he had a job to do and that baby was sleeping, he might have thought yeah. that getting yeah, it out of its if. cot. Yeah. And never wake a sleeping baby. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I would take it. but I know what them things are capable of. <laughs> Is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. Brian Wall says, I'm tired of the let's do what's right and take these savage killers as prisoners instead of killing them. Garbage. We've been down that road before and it never works out. Shoot them with their hands up and move on. Send Negan a message, plain and simple. Yes, And the Brian. message is, we are also <laughs> evil, just like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of with you on that, Brian. Half and half. Half and half. I think if, if they did show a the massacre and all the saviors that would have changed how you feel about the saviors i think we might have had a bit more empathy for them then if what if we, if we just saw them all massacring oh. the saviors while they were rounded up that would have been a bold move yeah that would have been a bold yeah. move. i mean we did see them go in and kill a bunch of them in their sleep so they kind of did that yeah, yeah i was thinking what's the difference between sneaking up on them and shooting them than shooting them when they've got their hands up like, I know. Does I that know. make sense? I know. And um, Jesus did kill some of them too when in the hallway, and they weren't like drawing their guns on him. They were just yeah, there. They were unarmed, um, un unsuspecting. I don't know if they were unarmed, but they were unsuspecting. Yeah, and yeah. Um. So yeah, but I I think just Jesus was just saying if they're um actively surrendering, then that's when he would not want to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it's you? my go. Um, Cheryl Rainey Fox says, One good episode. When Rick happened upon baby Gracie, my heart stopped. I think his did too, but nothing prepared for me for Morales showing up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect that either. Paul Mailer, or Marla. I'm really, really sorry. You if always I'm, get the difficult um, mistake. It's not even that difficult, but I, I do apologize if, if I've got it wrong, Paul. But Paul said, Jerry, battle axe, nuff said. My philosophy on names is just say it the way I think it might be and then don't apologize. Uh, <laughs> but I probably should apologize. I'm really sometimes. sorry for apologizing. No, no, no. <laughs> everybody, everybody does. Karen does every time. You gotta fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. So, uh, Rebecca Louise, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Louise says, "Oh my God, amazing episode from start to finish. Just the right amount of action, tension. Oh my God, moments and emotion. When that guy jumped, Rick, I literally jumped out of my seat." Not had a good scare like that from The Walking Dead in years, and I've really missed that. And that ending, wow, just wow. Cannot wait for next week's episode. It's been a while since I've been this excited and impatient to watch the following episode, and it feels great. Season 8 really feels like it's back on form. Let's hope it stays this good. Also, I guessed Eric 
in the death competition. So it looks like I may have won that too. Even though I love mm. Eric, I admit I did a little fist pump when he got shot. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Rebecca. Yes. <laughs> That's good. And then we have an email from Mark. Okay, right. I've drawn the short straw here, haven't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is. Oh God. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Do it. No, no, I'm not sorry. Kristen Longabagow. I, I, I'm sorry, Kristen. I, I, it's, it's difficult, is this one. Um, I, I genuinely like this episode. I would give it a 7 out of 10 zombie eyeballs. Yeah. Fun to watch. I love the minimal dialogue, and I think there could have been even less. Dialogue between Jesus, Tara, and Ezekiel Carroll were all tied for most boring. Are we still having this conversation about whether we take prisoners? About whether or not you can come back? It's tiring. The answer is yes. Gah. <laughs> we, le- we learned this already. But the action was fun. I love that Rick was captured by Morales, who actually owes Rick for the supplies back in season one. So I don't see him being a huge threat. I love that Morgan is back on the crazy train. He <laughs> doesn't die, meaning he will, of course. And when he does, it will be his time. I'd like to see more shocking surprise deaths on this show like they used to, yeah. like how fear here, does it. Here. That's when it's really exciting and emotional. Also, I think old man Rick scene is a dream sequence. The more I think about it, the more I think it is what could have happened and not what did. We know that we can visually see into Rick's imagination. I do think the show still could time jump after the war, maybe the back eight episodes, but I believe we haven't actually seen it yet. Mm. What do you guys think I, about the, that whole thing? At first, I was like, oh, no, he's woke up in the hospital. I know. It was all, all a dream. <laughs> and the clock's there and everything. But yeah, uh, yeah I think it's like when when they uh, was thinking about Glenn, uh, when they had that little dream sequence with Glenn mm-hmm. holding, Mag- you know, their baby. Uh, it's just what he's hoping for. Mm-hmm. The vision of Alexandria. As opposed to reality. I hope it is reality, but that I would be too, really yeah. boring. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, it was, yeah. I like that Christian Lungabot um, started off by saying, you know, are we still having this conversation about whether we take prisoners, about whether or not you can come back? It's tiring. The answer is yes, because somebody else early on said, we've already learned this does not work. So people from people take different things. From yeah. The show. <laughs> Who was the guy who was first um, giving that life lesson about you, it, you've got to find good in people and it's not too late to come back? Was that not Herschel? It was the guy with the RV. Dale. Uh, Dale. Oh, yeah. He was the, the good person and he died. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it pays to not be very nice. But a lot of bad people have died too. Yeah. yeah. Apart from like, Negan. Care. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> Okay, we have a few calls. This is uh, Claire from Colorado. Hi, this is Claire from Colorado. And it's like 3.30 in the morning, so I'm calling you from inside my pantry in my kitchen so I don't wake the rest of my family up. Um, But I have to tell you that I loved last night's episode of The Walking Dead. I think season eight has been killer, no pun intended. Um, I've loved it. 
a couple things I could nitpick about, like the endless ammo that seems to have befallen Rick and his group. And I won't <laughs> mention also that nobody took out Negan last week when they had opportunity to take him and all his lieutenants out at once, but I won't mention those things. <laughs> um, I am just loving this season. I think it's uh, really been refreshing and uh, different and cool. Love the flashbacks. Um, I have to say something I'm really excited about. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe we'll get Negan's backstory um, a la confessional to Father Gabriel. I think that would be a really cool way um, mm. for them to do his backstory. Or I'm just interested to see that banter between the, the two of them anyway, um, since uh, Negan finds Father Gabriel creepy as shit or something like that. I can't remember what he said uh, <laughs> last season, but I think that'll be fun to watch. Um, let's see. Rick is as handsome as ever. Um, everybody's doing a great job. I love to see the cast together. Uh, I got to say, uh, King Ezekiel's shtick is totally not getting old, even though it probably should be. That's I funny. think it's incredible. I'm totally sold on him and his completely badass tiger that knows who exactly to kill. Um, <laughs> I know that some people think that that's cheesy, a tiger and a guy pretending to be a king, but um, I'm totally into it, loving it. He's going to win Carol over. Daryl's going to get jealous, though, of course, and uh, of King Ezekiel and run to Carol's side and, and win her over to his side. Um, that's what my daughter and I are hoping because we're Carol and Daryl shippers. But anyway, love the podcast. Love what you guys are doing. Listen every single week. Um, keep up the great work. And Oh, and I'm a Patreon supporter. Uh, so everybody else should be too, so that Jason doesn't have yeah. to get a real job um, like the rest of us. <laughs> so anyway, God bless you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. I appreciate nice. that. Thank you. <laughs> I like the idea of um, of Negan giving confession to Father Gabriel. That's interesting because they're stuck together. But um, mm, I don't think I don't that think it's going to happen. That no. could be a good standalone episode. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think he's. It would be good because we need to see some other shades of Negan besides just the cocky asshole. Yeah. I hated it when he asked him if he had his shitting pants on. How come? I hated it. Because I was like, oh, Negan again. He should be dead. <laughs> Why is he still saying that awful thing? Stupid stuff. Yeah. Horrible. And I was just like, Stupid Father stuff. Gabriel, just shoot him. Just shoot him. Shoot him yeah. now. <laughs> Did Father Gabriel have a gun at that point? I think he had a gun. Right. Pretty sure he had a gun. Did he have his shitting pants? He might have had his shitting pants on. I'm not sure. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hopefully we have won't eat them. Keith from uh, Long Island. Hey, guys. Keith from uh, Long Island. How you guys doing? Um, just watched the episode. Um, wow. Um, all Out War. They should, I guess they could call the uh, the this episode All Out Gunfire. That, <laughs> was, that was a crazy, um, it's like, a war movie I felt like I was watching, but it was it was good. Um, so I have a question. The um, that guy that Rick was fighting with and choked out, and then he impaled on the uh, the rebar in the wall. Then he goes into the other room, and there's a little baby in the crib. Baby was sleeping. That baby was not dead. That baby looked to be alive but sleeping if I'm correct, and so what happened? Did did Rick just, like, walk away, and that baby was, you know, left there? 
Um, so yeah, that was, um, what do you guys think? All right. So, uh, looking forward to listening to the show. All right. Bye. Okay. Before we answer that, he, he called back. So I'm going to play a second call. Oh, Hey, uh, uh, this is Keith again from Long Island. Um, to add one more thing to my last message. If the, uh, the guy that Rick choked out and if he, you know, after he, after he impaled him on the rebar, if he didn't dispose of him with a, you know, knife to the head, <gasps> then he's going to come back. And the little baby in the crib was in the next room. So am I to assume that then that's going to be, uh, baby food for the, um, for the guy when he wakes up? Okay, that's it. All right, bye. Well, thanks, Keith. Now Abby's not going to sleep tonight either. <laughs> that was dark. That's dark. He's true, though. Because I, I was think think right, yeah. after his first call, call, I was thinking, well, actually, thinking about it, maybe I would have left the baby because there's it, there's no immediate danger. Maybe the baby's better, mm. safer off in that room, sleeping soundly, go back for it later. But yeah, Keith is right. Yeah. Oh my god. Because it does stand out, yeah, that he didn't now Rick should have Rick if should he know did better. intend on coming back, then he should have went into that other room real quick and finished that guy off. I hope he did. I don't know. Oh, oh god. Yeah, I hope they don't just leave that hanging. Something's gotta yeah. come of that moment. I think I wouldn't mind seeing a zombie baby, but I don't wanna see <laughs> a baby being eaten by a zombie. That's too much. No, I don't want to see any of that. <laughs> or a zombie baby. <laughs> no. Okay, one more call from our friend Harv from Santa Rosa. Hey, Jason. Hey, Aaron. This is Harv in Santa Rosa. Sadly, I was one of the victims of the fire. I lost it all. My Walking Dead stuff, my massive music collection, even my cell phone, even my car. Anyway, so I got to hear your podcast yesterday for the for the first time hearing familiar voices um it felt good it really did uh my world is starting over and just getting a glimpse of what used to be my world was refreshing so i just wanted to thank you for that um and i'll continue to listen and life will get restored soon but uh thanks again that's all i really wanted to say okay take care guys bye so I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a big fire in California about an hour away from where we live, and it lasted for a long time, like a week, or <clears throat> and Harv lost everything. And I'm so har- oh sorry to God. hear that, Harv. Uh, sorry to hear that, Harv. Yeah, yeah, that's horrible. I don't. And, we um, didn't hear about that fire, did we? Did you know about that fire? I heard about it, yeah. I didn't hear about yeah. it. You did, yeah. It was... It was I know it was Terrible. nationwide news here, but um, I don't know what to say, but just, you know, I'm hopefully, you know, it sounds like listening to our podcast helped you feel like a connection to the normalcy of day-to-day life. And anyways, I hope. So that, sorry to hear that, Have Yeah, that everything. Yeah. I hope you get back on track. Comes together and you get back on your feet and yeah. everything like that. And keep calling in, keep writing in, keep listening and all that. And let us know if there's anything we can do for you, okay? All right. Um, I appreciate you calling in about that and just making a connection. Thank you for that. 
so we would normally have a comic talk this week. I think this episode probably had stuff from the comic, but because of the timing of uh, Walker Stalker Atlanta, we weren't able to do it. But we will be covering, or Grace and Eric will be covering this episode in comic talk. Probably next week they'll do like a double comic talk. So they'll talk about this week's episode and next week's episode. So look forward to that. All right. That's our show. Episode 285. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for coming on, Mark and Abby. Thanks for having us. us. Although I have missed Karen. As soon as I finished watching the show, (laughs) I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear what Jason and Karen think about this. And then I was like, oh, don't. It's going to be me. (laughs) She's not going to be on it because of us. (laughs) Sorry, Karen. If the timing had worked out, then we would have had all all four of us. But she, she has like a very small window every day when she can record so but we'll she'll be back next week and then she'll be around for a while so you'll be hearing her more from her yay okay and don't forget you guys that uh mark and abby of ecmo are about to release an album well it'll be you said march but you can pre-order it now and what's it going to be called it's going to be called the adventures of ecmo that's right and these guys are great uh you you heard the song in the interlude they are just really talented and fun to listen to so i highly recommend checking this out i will put the link in the show notes so you can see it there and go right to it cool okay. we're actually coming to the us awesome we, we, we're coming to the states in february and we'll be traveling around um we're going to visit california and uh, las vegas and maybe even Texas, and we'll be looking for gigs and open mics and places we can come and sing our songs. Um, so if anyone knows anywhere, uh, and they could hook us up with uh, a name of a venue that we could contact to maybe get a gig, then we'd really appreciate that. You can, yeah. If you know that information and you want to let me know, I, I'll pass it along to Mark and Abby too. And so Thanks. when you come to California, do you know where you're going to go? We, we we were there actually this year, but we only were there for a few days, and we went. We stayed in Orange County. Yeah, we did Irvine. We stayed in. And yeah. We visited some posh places. Like you should come Newport up north Beach. to San Francisco. Yeah, we only had four days, but we're definitely going to come. I think we're staying up north California this time, and we're going to drive down the coast and hopefully visit you on the way down. If yeah, because we're kind of in the middle. Um, but right, San Francisco, okay. I think, would have some places to play for you guys cool. that'd be uh, awesome yeah and and i think yeah you you do really well and then we can hang out and it'd be fun yay, yay. <laughs> if you want to call us you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD that's 650-485-3323 you can email us at brains at podcastica.com you can find us on the web at facebook.com forward slash deadcast and be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. Next week, Season 8, Episode 3, Monsters. And as I mentioned, the return of Karen. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't get me. Ashley Snow.